Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter 4, continued. The longing to give all to our Lord. The Archbishop had expressed to Father Van Exum his three concerns. First, he questioned how much of Mother Teresa's self-will and self-interest were involved. Second, he considered the reported request of Jesus that Archbishop Perrier approve the project in thanksgiving for his being a bishop for 25 years as too sentimental. And lastly, he considered if the change to Asensol might have provoked her request to leave the Loretto Order and start a new congregation. Father Van Exum had informed Mother Teresa to expect the Archbishop's written response to her letter. By January 25th, she had not received a reply. The time of waiting already seemed too long, and so she decided to write again and address the Archbishop's preliminary reservations. Loretto Convent, Asensol, January 25th, 1947. Your Grace, Father Van Exum told me that you had written, but up to now no letter has come. I believe the post is very bad this side. Anyway, I thank you for all you told him. Regarding work, I have been praying so much to see and understand how much of self is in it, how much of sentimentality is in it. Here in Assens Hall, I have more time to spend with our Lord, and often, very often, I have prayed to see, so as not to deceive or be deceived. And yet, the work remains as clear as before. The longing to give all to our Lord and make many souls do the same remains the same. I find that if the work begins, there will be plenty of humiliations, loneliness, and suffering for me. As I am, I am very happy, and here especially. But our Lord does not stop calling. I have tried to stop these thoughts, but without any fruit. I don't see what the self can get from it. I know everybody will speak against. No, Your Grace, forgive me for saying, in the work there will be complete surrender of all I have and all I am. There will be absolutely nothing left. Now I am His, only His. I have given Him everything. I have not been seeking self for some time now. I know you love the truth, and this is the truth. If I said the contrary, I would tell a lie. God has done everything. He simply took everything. Now I am his. You know, you have been told everything. So if you say, give up all thoughts, I shall try to obey. We have both done our parts. Now it rests with you. As for sentimentality, you cannot deny that our Lord has done wonders for you in these 25 years. So what he asks is just as natural as it is supernatural. It is for you to say yes or no, 
I leave the whole thing in your hands. Whatever you wish, that I shall do most happily. The change to Asensol has absolutely nothing to do with it. What is more, I take it as one more proof that he wants the work. From the age of five and a half years, when I first received him in Holy Communion, the love for souls has been within. It grew with the years until I came to India with the hope of saving many souls. In those 18 years, I have tried to live up to his desires. I have been burning with longing to love him as he has never been loved before. I have been praying. In St. Mary's, he did use me. It was his doing. I made many mistakes, but these were my doings. I love St. Mary's, just only for this one thing, the continual touch of Jesus on souls. I worked with him in them. But when Mother Provincial told me that I was to come here, I was terribly happy in my heart that I could give something I loved to Jesus. And this is what made me keep smiling during those days and even now. I take the change as a godsend to get stronger to prepare my body and soul for his coming. Here, I have nothing to think about except how to live for others. The work I have to do is just the one that will teach me this lesson. And then these thoughts, the voice in my heart, only started last September, from the day the difficulties against faith stopped. If I had remained in St. Mary's, I would have done the same thing, write to you, as soon as Father gave me the permission. We both tried everything before the thing came before you. I write to you simply and without any worry. I leave myself completely in your hands about this. Pray for me, for I am really unworthy of all he is doing for me and in me. I have asked, Father, to tell you all my many great sins, so that you will ask our Lord, if the work is to be done, to give you a more worthy person. Please excuse this paper, as I have no other kind. I am trying a little the Franciscan poverty. It's lovely to be poor and free from so many things. Pray for me. Your devoted child in Jesus Christ, Mother Teresa. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why did Mother Teresa insist that she couldn't stop writing the archbishop. Why was she insisting that she had to act in the way she did? She hadn't even received a letter from the archbishop 
and she writes him this second letter. It's because she had this voice within her. She had the voice of Christ urging her on. Remember, what she experienced on that train beginning in September, September 11th, was something like what St. Paul experienced on the way to Damascus. He was blinded and he heard the voice of Christ, the actual voice of Christ. And this invitation from our Lord is what was driving Mother forward. Remember, she had already vowed to Jesus that she would do everything he asked and that if she refused him anything, she would consider it a mortal sin. And so when she was convinced that Jesus himself was asking her, she felt she had this obligation to push things forward. She could not rest. She had to do her part to respond to this invitation. And she takes up, in an orderly way, the three concerns that she had heard from her spiritual director, Father Van Exum, the concerns that the archbishop had communicated to him about her first letter. And she takes them up. Now, what will the archbishop do? Well, we're going to see. But of course, we wouldn't be reading this if the archbishop didn't eventually decide the missionaries of charity should go forward. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.